they said it smacked of necrophilia. Uh, well, he's dead too. I feel like the two James Whale films are by far the best adaptations there are, even though they, they take wild liberties. It's, it's like, like uh, Monty Python. Yeah. I'm not dead! That's right! I'm not dead. <laughs> Just a flesh wound! She's alive! It's a, it's a feminist film. Alive! Yes, it is alive and hopefully well. Welcome to this special edition of the Fright Club podcast. Special topic, special guest. And uh, we're excited about it. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. We are from madwolf.com. Check it out, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F.com. And boy, we knew October was going to be busy, but we've, we've had a big month. A we lot of, have. A lot of thank yous. A lot of thank yous. But first, I want to just call out the reason that we're doing this special podcast is because we're kind of participating in a large group of podcasters, uh, and every week... Is really spilling on either side of October, honestly. One of us is going to cover one Universal Monsters sequel. So last week, the Back in Time podcast did Dracula's Daughter, and this week we get to have our special episode. Yeah, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know that we're going to be talking about The Bride of Frankenstein. So that is going to be great. But boy, I tell you, we have had such a great week this past week. Well, it was an extended weekend. Started on Thursday and then wrapped up on Sunday. The 2018 Nightmares... Film Fest here in Columbus, Ohio. I know we've been talking about it a lot, but that's because it deserves it. It's such a great event. This year, well, it gets better every year, and this year topped them all. Yeah, it, I mean, the, the movies were so much fun, and it's just a great event. We saw so many people there. You know, there are a lot of people who just came to watch the movies. So many filmmakers show up for yeah, it. Yeah, some old friends that we made in past years, some new friends, including a filmmaker, Timothy Troy. Yeah, who's Ding Dong. He's got a short called Ding now, Dong. Now, well, you better rephrase that. Right, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> His short film which is titled Ding Dong, was uh, ran at the festival. It was really, really fun. You can check it out on YouTube, yes. I think. You should yes. look it up. And and he's a listener as well, so we want to say yeah. hey. And it was great to meet you. It was. It was great to talk to you, find out that you're a listener, and now we're fans of your work, so that is fantastic. So we look forward to seeing uh, old friends and new friends, for new friends next year. Believe me, if you're a horror fan, love the films, love... The horror community, because that's the other added thing about yeah. nightmares. The community aspect yep. is just off the charts. Absolutely. You know, big, big congrats to Jason Tostov and Chris Hamill and the, the entire the entire staff there at the Gateway. It's such a great event. So please mark it down for October of 2019. We would love, love, love to see you. And we also just got done with a special, a couple of special library gigs here in Columbus. How fun was that? That was a lot of fun. Yeah. We had the Upper Arlington uh, Library ask us over, which we, we recorded the pod, last podcast there. D-Zach and Pina Joe are responsible for that. <laughs> yeah. And then just a couple of days ago, we did a special presentation. Didn't record it, but did a special presentation on uh, October Fun for horror movies at the Bexley Library. And that so. was Debbie hooked us yeah. up there, a fright club, a regular fright clubber. Yeah, so thank you so much. So much fun in October. Uh, busy, busy, but we love it. So we look for the next Fright Club Live. That is coming up, the November edition. That'll be November 14th, of course. We're back at Gateway Film Center, Columbus, Ohio. And we're going to... A little bit of confusion, but we're going to make good on Black Sheep. That's right. We're going to show Black Sheep, and we, were gonna, we are going to record the podcast finally on Mutant Animals. Yeah, so that'll be fun. A real very, very funny horror comedy that I think you'll love if you're in the area. Please come out and join us. And this is one we're going to try to do uh, Facebook Live. We are. For, we, we're going to do it next time, or last time, but it got a little confused. So we're going to try to do the podcast version of Facebook Live. So whoo, stay tuned for that good stuff. So... 
Yeah, let's get to it. We're talking about one movie and one movie only this uh, this time, and we've got a special guest, somebody we've been wanting to get on the podcast for a while because he was nice enough to invite us on his podcast a couple of times now. So we finally got him in. He's a writer, he's an actor, he's a filmmaker, longtime stand-up comedian, longtime radio personality, and now should a- I? Is it me? Because that's that, that's that's. Uh, that's a pretty impressive intro. Yes, it I, is. You know, I'm like, have I done You're all those things? You're a big deal. Have You're, I done all those things? You're an impressive I'm like, guest. I'm sorry. I thought I was here tonight. And welcome, Dino Tropotis, man. Thank you. Yay. Ah, uh, yay. And yes, you have been on my podcast, and you'll yeah. be back again Hope so. when Oscar season rolls around. Yeah, the You're, pon- you're going to be like that that mainstay. Nice. You know? I like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think this time, when you come back on my podcast, I would like your I would like your wife to be with That'd you. That'd be great. That would be super great. So the-, the, the We drink- we drink uh, that's the thing, right? So Whiskey Business is a podcast, and they talk about interesting things, and they drink bourbon, which yeah. I yeah. don't, don't do. have to. Okay. You don't have I to. I mean, I can. I'll just sip at it he, and make faces. He takes a little sip. Yeah. The first time, it was a little iffy. Last time, I think, whatever you brought, I liked. So I had more of. So. I'd have to look back and see. But thank you. Thank yeah. you for, for oh. having me be uh, on this one to talk about uh, just an incredible old movie. Yeah, yeah. We're, we've been wanting to find a good week to have you on, and this seemed perfect, because I know you're a longtime lover of movies, but how does the the horror genre rank with you? I mean, what do you feel about the entire horror genre? That's why I was thrilled when you asked me to, to, to do this particular podcast, because it's, it's classic horror from uh, the classic days of, of Universal. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some contemporary horror films. Um, we just did a, a podcast about some of the films of the 70s, the, whether or not it was the best decade ever. Oh, that's a good films. topic. And a couple of, uh, a couple of um, horror films popped up in that. Sure. That scared the bejeebies out of oh, yeah. The Exorcist. Yeah, the Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby. Rose, yes, yes. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. That, that, that one didn't come up. Oh, That one didn't come up. The Exorcist come up, and everybody was uh, geeking out on the... On the Shining, which technically oh, sure. 80. came out, 80, yeah. yeah, but you know they 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 put it into the seventies because they were making it in oh, seventy, sure. and of course Jaws was the seventies. Jaws, so. also. well, my favorite is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Seventies, yeah. So good yeah. stuff, mm-hmm. good stuff. So some of those films, yeah. I never got into the to to you know when when the, when the eighties uh, slasher movies came sure. in, you know, with the exception of like the originals, like the very first John Cobb. Carpenter Halloween, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that. Yeah, I, I, I'm with I, you I there. Yeah, thought it was yeah. great. But when it came into like prom night and and and, <laughs> and, and whatever else, and, and Friday the Thirteenth Part yeah. Twelve, yeah. Right, right, you right. know, whatever, and the and uh, the Freddy movies, eh, you yeah. know, yeah. Okay. But every once in a while, you know, one will come out now as we speak in in modern day cinema, whatever you want to call it. That'll be like wow. Uh, the one that was just out with John Krasinski, where yeah, Quiet oh, Place, Quiet Place, Quiet Place. Yeah. I thought I thought was sensational. Yeah. Well, we agree. We've seen some great horror in the last few years. I think so. We're having a real nice, and, real and nice I, era I, right I, now. I think it's it's becoming uh, the, the horror today. A lot of it's becoming far more cinematic. Mm. I mean, there is there's a, there's an actual deep storyline in there. Yeah, the performances are really good. Yeah. So yep. yeah, but when you talk about old school, uh-huh. yeah, you go back to this. Yeah. You know. And and the movie we're talking about is Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. 1935, and as Hope likes to say, and I agree 100. percent It's one of the very few sequels 
that is as good, and some might say better than I the original. I would say better. Yeah. I would say better. I have said better. I have said okay. that this is this is the <laughs> so, one uh, and, out of maybe two or three of all time that is better than the original. I would I would say that uh, some call it the uh, James's uh, Wales masterpiece. Yeah. In in some in some cases. And what's really interesting is. The bride herself has become such an iconic figure in horror, yeah. and she gets about three minutes of screen time. <laughs> yeah, well, that's no, just, absolutely, you know, and and really kills nobody. No, no. Uh, but what an iconic and what a long-lasting presence yeah. in horror. Mm-hmm. I mean, that hairstyle alone. Right. right. But all you got to see is that image of Elsa Lanchester, you know, made up, and it's it just speaks volumes. Yeah, it does. And that says a lot about the staying power of this movie. It's just one of the many things. Well, she does get some extra screen time in the beginning. Right. She, she does. She plays Mary Shelley She does. Mary, well. Mary Shelley yeah. and, and, so, and doing that. And that's a, that's a, that was a fun way for them to... Let's pick up where we left off, shall we? Yeah. You know? Right. So for people who, I mean, I mean, everybody has seen Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, no doubt. But one of the things that I find sort of interesting about when you watch the first film, which I love, and I love Boris Karloff, who, of course, doesn't get billed in the first movie. So he gets billed. In Bride of Frankenstein, just as Karloff. I know. And then That's all you need. He also, doesn't, he also doesn't get billed in um, the animated one that you love so much. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Right, they What's the deal, man? He's an Nobody narrator, can yeah. say- Anyway, so one of the things that I think is interesting about The Bride of Frankenstein is that they went back and pulled elements out of Mary Shelley's novel that Mm -hmm. didn't show up in the first film and kind of worked them into a sequel so that it, it, I mean, there are a lot of things in The Bride of Frankenstein that are not in the novel. Um, Pretorius is not in the novel. You know, there are a lot of things, well, in the original that aren't in the novel, but I really liked that James Whale then revisited some of the, I think, more provocative elements of the novel that they sort of discarded when they did the original in favor of just a straight monster movie. Right, right. Because uh, speaking of billing, it says it on on the the screen, the credits, the monster, you know, the mate, question mark. Right, right. Whereas Elsa Lanchester gets billed as playing Mary Shelley in that beginning prologue, you know, that sets up the entire story. So, I mean... Yes, everybody could tell who was playing the mate, but uh, that's another little that's, bit of that's billing, a, billing fun and, they had there. And I love the end credits on that one. So, you know, let's let's run them again. Yeah. <laughs> let's, you know, they were good enough the first time. Let's run the credits again. The movie's an hour and 16 minutes yes. long. Right. Yes. It moves. It does, man. It, it really does. does. It, it scoots. And, you know, I watch a movie like that that's an hour and 16 minutes long, and I find it to be extremely satisfying. You know, it, it, it works. And it, then it makes me wonder, like, well, you know, why are some of these movies that, why are some movies two hours and 20 minutes long right. that mm-hmm. don't need to be? Why are superhero movies two yeah, hours and 20 why? minutes long, right? Well, you yeah. know, they, they did this in an hour and 16 minutes, and I felt completely satisfied. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the- In re- fact, it left me wanting more, yeah. Yeah. which is good. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, That exactly. all is always good. And I think one of the reasons it is that short is because there was a lot cut out for various reasons. Censors got to some of right, it. Right, right. They cut it out, uh, so it, it and uh, they did, I think, at least, I don't know, two or three test screenings- that reworked a little bit, but censors took a lot of it. In fact, one of the scene, the scene in the um, the gypsy camp where uh, Frankenstein's yeah. monster gets the gypsy camp, that was filmed after everything was done. That's why that's the only scene. If you if you watch it, it's the only scene in the movie that doesn't have a score behind it mm. because they had to do it so late. They wanted to make up and get at least mm-hmm. a few more minutes to make up for stuff that was cut out. And that score is a beloved score. Oh, of course it is. Yeah, you know? no, and it's beautiful. It's kind of sticks out. It's the one scene where there's no music whatsoever. You, because you can hear is the campfire, which yeah. actually I think it works because it makes the scene a little bit creepier because you do hear the cackle of the campfire. And, right. 
Um, and so I don't think it I don't think I don't find it incredibly jarring that the score isn't there, but it is weird. Yeah. What I do find interesting about the censorship of that particular film is that they had uh, an issue with some of the dialogue, how they were comparing their work to God. Sure. And then um, that scene where, where where the monster is going to the graveyard and there's Jesus on the yeah. on the cross, I guess originally they they the, the was the scene supposed to be he was he was going to try to save that person up and he he just goes. Oh, through I haven't there. heard that. Yeah, where they were, they he rushes to the graveyard to the figure of a crucified Jesus, mm-hmm. and I guess in the original attempts to rescue the figure from the cross. Oh, now yeah. they had an issue with that. Yeah, but they had no issue putting the monster and lashing him to a pole in a very crucified way throughout the film, you know, in in a very Jesus-like way. They had no issue with that. You know, it's funny about that is that um, every time I've seen this movie, I've been struck by how weirdly large that crucifix is. Mm -hmm. You can't not look at it. And (laughs) I'm always like, what? Like, I'm always in my head going, what is wrong with James Whale that he put like this insanely giant crucifix right there? And now I know. Now I know why he put it there. Mm -hmm. And another thing that was taken, there was a... Much like the prologue, there was an epilogue featuring the three figures, but yeah. I guess they talked a little bit too uh, giddily about how freely they lived amongst sure. themselves. Oh, and absolutely. Yes, that the censors didn't like. And also, I think there was a little bit too much of Elsa Boobage. Oh. Uh, there was. Yeah. There was yeah. a little too much where they had to trim that down. And yet, uh, being they, they were okay with, uh, when you talk about how, how uh, Lucy, like the, the Pretorius character, right. uh, being... Gay. Yeah. You know, well, I, he's I mean, not out. He's not out. But, <laughs> but he's but, the thing. This is he's my favorite character in the movie. And of course, I obviously I love the bride. I love that character. Uh, I love that image. But I, Dr. Pretorius is such a great character. And for me, he's clearly a stand in for James Whale, um, who is gay, who was gay. And that's one of the things I think you I love about it is that clearly he's gay, but he doesn't say it. You know, I mean, it's not like he hits <laughs> no, on boys, no, but, but and he then, eludes. Oh, he does. He eludes. Yes. I, and, I, and, and it is. It's amazing that they left all that in. Yeah. Considering what we were just talking about, yeah. all that they cut out. But so the upshot of that is you get a 75, 76 minute movie. And that struck me that when we just watched it the other day, last week or so, it did strike me how fast it moves. Yeah. yeah. But as you said, you know, it's so satisfying mm-hmm. that it does leave you wanting more, which is better than the other way. So it makes me also chuckle. And I'm going to bring it right back here to the good old state of Ohio. So the review board, the production code office gives the okay to this film in April of, of, of 1935. Then who objects to it? The censorship board of Ohio (laughs) objects to certain scenes. Uh, England and China objected to the scene where the, uh, the monster longingly is, is looking at the yet unanimated figure of his bride, mm-hmm. they said that it, they said it smacked of necrophilia. Uh-huh. Well, he's dead too. Yeah, so I don't yeah. think that so really I don't, You know, I'm like, no, it's not necrophilia. I Dude know. is waiting for a date. Yeah. You know, he's he's waiting to get he's waiting to yeah. get a woman. Yeah, but Ohio objects to a, a lot of it. And I'm like, what the, what is wrong with Ohio? Yeah. They kicked off prohibition. Yeah. Right. They object to the Bride of Frankenstein. Come on. I mean, right. Ohio needed Ohio needed a big fat enema <laughs> back in the 30s. I think one of the other things that jumps out about this movie, well, first of all, that uh, the monster speaks. Yeah. Yes. Which is huge. Not something apparently that Karloff was in favor of. Oh, interesting. And he lost that argument because he, he he speaks clearly all through the novel. I mean, he's yeah. he's quite articulate all through the novel. And also because of that, it brings a different look to the monster because 
Karloff in the first one, he didn't wear his bridge plate that, that he uh, had, you know, for his yeah, dental yeah, work. Yeah. So his cheeks were all sunken. Yeah. This one, the monster looks a little different now, because see, of he that. He definitely does. I, he didn't want to speak. You tell me he did not want to speak not in a second. From, not, really, not from what I've read. Not from what I, I've read. I, I find that interesting because it, it, it added something. It, it added a little depth to, mm-hmm. to his character. It did. Well, and, and as you point out about the book, mm-hmm. yeah, it kind of it and follows. And it seems like he, as... as <laughs> As he was getting older, <laughs> as, as the it's it seemed like he was you know being able to distinguish between a little bit of right and wrong. Yeah. I mean yeah. he 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 had decision making. Yeah. you know at the end. Yeah. Well, not to be a spoiler. <laughs> Come on, it's only been right. <laughs> it's only been eighty some years. Yeah, but when he says no, you go live. Right. You know when he when he talks to his uh, his creator and, and and makes that decision. And then pulls that lever. Yeah. And then I thought about this. I mean, who the hell has a lever like that where, the, where it destroys everything <laughs> in, in one fell swoop? Batman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> who has who has that lever? Like, yeah. don't pull that lever. It'll it'll just blow up the whole castle. Right. Well, who put that in to begin with? Yeah, that was a bad design. Yeah. That was that was a bad decision. <laughs> and that's it's interesting because in the years from the first one to this one. I guess James Whale resisted making this sequel for a while, and there was a time when they were thinking of making it without him, and one of the ideas for a story was to have the monster very educated, not just learning a little mm-hmm. bit, but become mm-hmm. quite an educated you know, monster. So it is kind of funny that he would resist kind of a natural order of the monster learning and speaking a little bit, but it also goes in, in uh, hand in hand with it. The monster looking a little different, like I said, because of the, the dental work. And also, he has a bit of a different makeup with the face because I guess the makeup artist, if you you know carry the story from the first one, he had just been out of a, in a fire. He just survived a fire, right. the monster had. So mm-hmm. he's going to look a little bit different, a little worse for wear, I guess. Mm-hmm. I also found a couple things that 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 that, that I'm going, oh, yeah, the line. To a new world of God and monsters, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, the movie God and Monsters yes. yeah. with Ian McKellen oh, yeah. and James Whale. Yeah. Very good movie, by what the a, way. Look it up. A, if yeah. you what a great movie oh, that yeah. was. And um, Brent, Brendan Fraser. Brendan yeah. Fraser, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it, it, I think it won an Oscar for a best adapted screenplay because it's based on the book the uh, um, of God's and uh, Monsters, uh, Father of Frankenstein. And um, uh, Ian McKellen was nominated for an Oscar yes. for his performance. Yeah, he was. Yeah, great. that was a he great was movie. Great. It yeah. really was. I love that movie. And so, like, to a new world of gods and monsters. Oh, that movie! That's, yes. what, that's what they got the title for that film. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. And you mentioned Pretorius, and I know you love that character so Pretorius. much. Pretorius. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that character, and I think so. I think the Frankenstein, the original, as much as I love it, there's no humor, right? There's just not as fun a funny right. movie. Um, and Pretorius brings so much depth and and interesting flavor to the sequel but in particular he just this incredible dark humor that he you know in every scene he's in in the way he looks in the way and of course Minnie also is hilarious oh yes. she is yes yeah, she's hysterical and then the the scenes were there together where she's oh and he just looks a fright they you know uh, I, I i mean i love that element to this movie i love that they brought a lot of humor to it and you imagine how that might have been different because legend has it, Bella Lugosi was almost cast as Pretorius. Oh, that would... You don't see a lot of humor no, there. No. That would, that would have been disappointing. Yeah. That would have been unfortunate. Exactly. But he does. He brings a great presence. And Minnie is so funny because Minnie just seems like, 
Whatever's happening, there she is. Yeah. You, know, you turn a corner, up. Oh, Minnie's right there. Busybody Minnie. She there is. she is. She's got something to say. Yeah. Exactly right. And she screams and yells, and the monster doesn't seem to like that very much. He usually <laughs> seems to kill the people that, that, that won't shut up. He's, but, but not but not Minnie. No, no. Minnie gets a pass. Exactly right. Yeah. Now, the um, I think one thing that was, correct me if I'm wrong, one thing that was taken right from the book was the blind hermit. Yeah, it well, and that is how in the in the novel that I know how, what you're thinking of, Dino. I know exactly. I couldn't, help, I couldn't help but think about it. They did such a wonderful job at Young Frankenstein, they, yes. recreating that and staying very close to to how things worked in the, in the film. That is a great scene, and, and yet incorporate right down to the cigar. Yeah. you know, I mean, I, I I I couldn't help but smile and go, "Oh, good for you, Mel Brooks." Yeah. I That's mean, right. that does, that was just that was just so parallel, and yet. Not right. <laughs> to, to to the original. That, yeah, that's that's an all timer. But that came right from the the original novel. It did. It did. So when the monster hides, he hides in sort of this um uh, sort of second building, uh, and watches a whole family. And among the family is is a blind man. And this is how he learns how to read. And this is how he learns lots of things. And he and he cuts wood and things and leaves gifts for the family. And then he befriends the old man. And then of course the rest of the family sees him and and uh, and freaks out. So um, I, I like that they brought that in. And I think one of the things that the sequel tries to do is emphasize how sympathetic the character is. Mm-hmm. So with that and just his longing, obviously for a mate, but just for any anyone, anyone. So he's not completely alone on this planet. And I think that although to me, the cigar smoking I found and I continue to find weird it's just it's just weird to me. I'm like, why? I don't I don't feel like I should be seeing Frankenstein smoking a cigar and laughing about it. Like it's just the whole every time it strikes yeah. me. It's just throws me off kilter. No, no, this is good smoke. You try. Good, good. It's uh, but and what's and maybe I I didn't focus on that because I was so enamored with the fact that that Mel Brooks and young Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, and Gene Hackman. In that role, I, mean, right. I was looking at the old guy. <laughs> he does kind of look like Frank, Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, uh, it was so so perfect. But um, I I never thought about that. Seeing like oh, and, and yeah. he likes it. It's yeah. weird. It's just a weird idea. I mean, I understand food and wine, sure, but he likes a cigar and why? I don't know. I don't know. Plus, he doesn't like fire, so it do just you, themed. Do off you guys? You know, you 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 keep stressing the book, which is an amazing book and yeah. and, and, and a classic in in literature. Not to not to get away from Bride of Frankenstein, but just as a, as a sidebar, do you think that there have been any faithful adaptations of Mary Shelley's book? There have, in, as far as horror films and, go, uh, there have been some that are that much have, I know closer. That people have tried. Right? Um, I don't think that they've been successful. I don't think. Um, I mean, and I think that the. I mean, I feel like the two James Whale films are by far the best adaptations there are, mm-hmm. even though they they take wild liberties uh, with the novel. I think though, you know, the the one that stays closest is Kenneth Branagh's, which is just god-awful. Um, it's not good. No. Uh, and, and and I think that, you know, when you watch it, maybe because Boris Karloff's performance is so iconic, it's hard to take a monster who's smart. You just think, oh, right. I don't want this one. I want the scary one that just wanders around like an oversized child. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, And, and um, cinematically, I don't know if it's because Wales was first, and that's the one that we're used to, and the one we like that's better. That's probably a lot of it. But I just don't think the the ones that really are somewhat closer to the text. I don't think they work as well. And and then since you guys are in the know and and watch 
uh, way and see way more movies than than most average humans. <laughs> Actually, you guys watch more movies than above average humans. <laughs> it's amazing. But uh, I'm curious, and then we'll come back to, to the core here, but uh, the Universal reboots if you will like the mummy yeah. was was eh, not very successful no no but was... that was supposed to be the the start of right. a whole rebooting yeah. and they introduced you know the the jekyll hyde character uh and there with russell crowe yeah was there plans in javier the uni- bardem for javier bardem was going to do frankenstein was or still is are they going to continue i think it's been on? put on hold yeah, has the it whole, not because the, whole the mummy big... was such a uh it, it made money but it's because it made money globally. Worldwide, it did not yeah. make money in the now, United Harvey States. Harvey Bardem is the monster? Or you know Harvey what? Bardem I think he was the, I think he was the doctor. But I'm not positive because they really, I mean, so you know, Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man and, mm-hmm. and, and Harvey, Javier Bardem was signed up for the Frankenstein reboot. But I don't think it was clear. But I think he was playing the doctor. Okay. Um, because the, the thing that just was so apparent to me from that Mummy reboot was that if this is the tone that they're going to take with this entire thing, oh my lord! Yeah. What a colossal mistake! Colossal. That movie was terrible. That was just, just, just that, just well, especially you, you guys review them and see them. Uh, I, you know, I'm on the outside looking in most of the time, but yeah, it was. I mean, God, it was how, awful. How do they spend that much money and make that many mistakes? Yeah. It really was just a colossal thud, yeah. and I'm really not surprised that they just put the brakes on the entire thing because <laughs> they were just, you know, going to drive it into a disaster. The entire thing, if this was a harbinger of what they were going to, what they were going to be looking at, right? Just terrible. You know, I mean, before I saw the Mummy, um, I thought to myself that oh, I thought Johnny Depp that could be an interesting, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, anything Javier Bardem, I'm all in. Oh, anything yeah. Javier Bardem yep. does, yeah, yep, I'm all yeah. in. Yeah, me too. But then, yeah, as soon as I saw the Mummy, I thought, oh. Good Lord. And then and it also, the next one would have been uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. Hyde. And right away, you're like, no, 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 no. And Russell Crowe's incredibly talented. He it's is. Not, he it's is. just, you could just tell the writing, the tone, as yeah. you said. I thought the CGI wasn't good. And if that and that seemed like the type of film they were trying to make was like a CGI blockbuster. Yeah. Um, and, it, and the whole thing felt closer to the Brendan Fraser mummies than to mm. the, mu- the universal mummy. Yeah. And it still wasn't as good. And I and and the the first cup, the first uh, Brendan Fraser mummy was a kind of a guilty pleasure. Yeah, it was me. fine. It, mean, was, it, it was. It was. And it was mainly a... because the guy who played the mummy was great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But then the boy, the sequels just got worse and oh, worse. Yeah, yeah they, oh, they got progressively just yeah. terrible. Bad so play. yeah, so that's what the latest that we've heard uh, is that the whole thing's on hold. On hold. So we'll see it about this. It comes down to the freaking story. Yes, it does. It does. Always, always comes back to the story and the writing and. It's interesting you mentioned the Dr. Frankenstein because that's a little that's a little tidbit that people forget that he wasn't really a doctor. He was a baron. You're right. He did go to he medical dr- school. But he did he didn't finish though, right? Because no. he thought that he, he they didn't teach him what he needed to know. True. So I think in this movie in Bride of Frankenstein, he's only ever referred to as Baron, baron. or Hare. Well, Hare because because in the first he's only Baron because his father dies in the first one. Mm-hmm. So then he's the Baron, but he's also whatever a bad dude who's kind of sick. But and he's just can't. He's just become known yeah, throughout pop culture as Doctor Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Well, which he's is also not supposed to be Henry. He's Henry in this. He's actually Victor Frankenstein. And yeah. I mean, there's just a lot of just weird little. I always wondered about that. Why? Why go with? Henry, why not go with like I don't know. I mean, Henry, yeah. Henry, he was is his friend. The monster kills in the novel, so I just always wondered like, what did you just get confused? Like I don't understand. <laughs> Although when you watch like the Hammer versions, especially all of the Draculas, they always use all the same names, 
as the characters in the novel, but they always assign them to different people. Like I'm going, you know, I'm watching. Going, but that's not Mina. I don't understand. Yeah. Why do you call her Mina? I, is it just to confuse me? Um, and they also write you off as dead too quickly. I mean, in the beginning of the film, he's, he's dead as a doornail, supposedly. It's really funny. It's like, I mean, he's just unconscious. He's just knocked out. I mean, have or, you never or, seen anyone or, unconscious? Or maybe, maybe he was in shock or something, but he wasn't dead. Oh, no. no he's like. Okay, it's like, like uh, Monty Python. Yeah. I'm not dead. That's I'm right. Not dead. <laughs> just a flesh wound. Oh, funny. Uh, you know, bring, going back to uh, Pretorius, I think that's an interesting line to mark uh, between the movie and the book because Pretorius, as you said, is a character not in the book at all. No. But if you look at it, that character sort of, that's where the, the monster character kind of deviates from the book because, as you mentioned, they keep the monster somewhat innocent. Right. Whereas in the book, he becomes, he's like a cold-blooded killer, yeah. which is more like Pretorius. You know, Pretorius has evil intentions here. Yeah. And that's where they kind of deviate right there. And, and the monster in Bride continues <laughs> to, to be innocent Pretty to a much. degree. Yeah. To, a right. degree. to a degree. Yeah, and where Pretorius is not. Yeah, um, where'd, where'd you get the body? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's just not important. Don't worry about it. I love that, because that's Dwight Fry, yeah. uh, who's Renfield from uh, from the Bella Lugosi. Right. Yeah. Which, and, and I remember, uh, uh, like, the bashing my head. Yeah, Carl. It's just like, who is that guy? Who is, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, he wasn't in, I'm like, Frankenstein. Like, I'm like, this character wasn't in Frankenstein. How do I know this and love this guy? I know I love this man. Why do I love his Renfield? Yeah, he's a great. He's the best of the Renfields. Uh, you like him even better than Tom Waits. Tom Waits. I'm gonna. Say, I was gonna say that's yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, that's a lot high, to say. That's high praise. That's right. High praise. <laughs> and I love Pretorius's. You know, this is what I've done. Look at the little things I've made. The little people. Yeah, with the, with the, with that the, was uh, weird. That was just, and that was one of the things I think that it was uh, that England may have had a, a problem with as well. Because they thought when he when he picks up whatever he uses to pick up that, that they were that they were mocking that he that, that they were mocking the king, oh. <laughs> Mock, mocking the king by picking him up with the tweezers or whatever That's the hell funny. he used to to put him back in the yeah. jar when he was trying to mocking go after king. his queen. Yeah, can I tell you when I was a little kid the first time I saw this movie the thing that bothered me the most when the movie was over was that there would be no one to go back and feed those people in jars. <laughs> I was, really? I was, yeah, I was very bothered by that well, as a little kid. I'm okay. like, well, if he's dead, I don't think he has friends. Who's going to feed these? Yeah, I was well, very here's, bothered here's by that. Here's the thing that stuck out to me about that scene is I kept thinking, where did they get the little clothes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, I'm with you on the people. You've got little people, got but little where'd people. you get the little clothes? <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> so a somewhat different interpretation. <laughs> um, but th- th- yeah, that's a, that's a weird little part of it. But it, just, it adds scene. to the Pretorius yeah. legend. You know, he's a weirdo. Yeah, and he he's is. one of those guys. We often talk about movies, horror movies specifically, where what side characters yeah. need their own movie. Yeah. You yeah. could do a Pretorius. Oh, yeah, totally they could have been a Pretorius. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A whole backstory yeah. type of thing. Yeah. And then we might find out where he got those clothes. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is when, when uh, the monster just finds him down in the crypt and he's just sort of having some wine and yeah. laughing and yeah. talking to a skull. That's I all. love that's that. It. That's all. I oh my love gosh. that. And then he's just so not bothered. He's still like nonplus by, oh, oh, right, you, hello. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another Tuesday night for that's me. That's right. <laughs> so... You know, what What are the other things that you, uh, you guys think has led this to be as good or, as you say, maybe better than the first one that makes it so? Because that is so rare to take a, a classic movie, a great right. movie, and even better it. I mean, what is it about this movie that rises I, it to those heights? I was thinking about that, and uh, I, I, 
one of them, one of the things might be the the addition of a character like sure, Pretorius. Sure. I mean, there was and and when you said like I didn't know that the that the monster that Karloff did not want to speak. I think the monster speaking and and progressing and and developing. I think those things made it a little bit better for me. And and I it's been a long time since I'd seen it. So like I watched it again before we came in today, and I was like, wow, I don't, yeah. You're right. She, she, the bride doesn't pop in till yeah, till almost, it's almost over. And I think that's part of it. I think yeah. the, the the less is more. You know, like the we don't get to see the shark in Jaws yeah. until so right. far into the movie, and she has such an incredible look. I yeah. mean, the design of her look when she comes out of the bandages and the is fact insane. That he's, he looks so she she hates me. Yes, you know, it's just that 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 kind of breaks your heart. It it's a very it really primal. Does. It really it, does. It, you know, it really it's like does. it's like it's like Match. dot com gone awry. Right. <laughs> like this is you know, she's looking at him going no. Yeah. This is not what I came back to life yeah, for. No. <laughs> it's funny. So I, for me, I think there are two. Th- it's a there. Are, there's a lot about this film that's very subversive, uh, and for the Pretorius character, especially as kind of a stand-in for James Whale, there is something very subversive about that character, which is just an absolute joy. That I think, especially in that time period, you never saw. You never really saw people sort of bending your expectations in this way. But also, I think one of the things that makes the film remain relevant today is that she, even though she is not on screen for very long, is a character. And she's not, you know, everybody wants her to just make him happy. Yes. Just make him happy. And yes. she's like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Do you yeah. want to date this guy? Yeah. I don't want to date this. I don't which even want to be uh, here. Which is great. It is. Uh, that, it's where, brilliant. Where you subvert yep. the expectations yeah. of the audience. It's a it's a feminist film. Yes. Oh, As we have talked about yes. before. When we did we did a podcast specifically about feminism in horror and mm-hmm. very much you yeah. included this on the list mm-hmm. for sure. And also you can't discount how Good of a screamer she is. <laughs> She's a great screamer. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, because it's not a victim scream. No. She's got that horrible no. noise yeah. that she makes. It's really unpleasant. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and she does. She just looks amazing. She and does. That's, that's a feat unto itself. Because when you saw Frankenstein, that look, that you know, the way that they crafted that is like maybe the most iconic horror image is of Frankenstein more than of Dracula, mm-hmm. more than of the mummy more because they all, you know, uh, they just look like dudes or they look like, I mean, there was no reason for anybody to think before they made, James Whale made the, the 1931 Frankenstein, that the monster would look like that. There's mm-hmm. no reason for him to look like that. And now that's just what he looks like. Right. You know, um, that's what we think of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think that that's a tough you know, that's t- tough to follow up when you have the second monster to make. Yes. You know, what are you going to do? And, you know, when you look at her in the, the very famous, she's alive, she's alive. And she's just completely covered in bandages. Now I'm thinking to myself, where's the hair? Like, where did they keep <laughs> all that hair inside those bandages? But I mean, you know, the flowing robes and the hair and the whole everything about it, where where all of the stitches are placed. I mean, it's just such a cool image. It really is. Yeah. And it's become, and you're right, how you can take a... An image that was already so iconic of Frankenstein, mm-hmm. and go and go better than that. It, it's it's hard to imagine if you put that in today's terms. You think of a movie that has become so iconic, and then you can think of a way that oh, we're going to even do better than that. Normally, it's such a colossal failure, right. To try to mm-hmm. follow that up, but here it, it was not at all. No, yeah, no. It's 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 probably uh, a sequel that there's a handful of, uh, not even a handful. I can count on one hand of sequels that are just as good or surpass the mm-hmm. original. Yeah. And, and, and that's one of them. Definitely. It's yeah. one of them without a doubt. Yeah. 
And yeah. is, there, is there is there a word, probably not a good word, for the uh, the Sting and Jennifer Beals remake? Uh, well, yeah, it's, that's pretty weak. That's, that's, <laughs> okay. that's pretty weak. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yes. Or, or blocked it out yes. one way or the I other. Yeah, I just, uh, and I remember the De Niro. Yeah, that's the, the, the that's Kenneth Branagh one. Kenneth, yeah, the Kenneth yeah. Branagh yeah. one, right? Yeah. With, the, with yeah, that one, that one. That's right. You mentioned that earlier. I and it's, and, and oh, no. that was one where where you know in the, like in the book he decides not to make a mate and he kills. Uh, so Frankenstein, the monster, kills Elizabeth, and so in Kenneth Branagh's, he considers turning Elizabeth into. I remember. There is no better modern day golf girl, really, than Helena Bottom Carter. No. <laughs> like, I wanted her to be that. I'm like, please, Elsa Lancaster, Helena Bottom Carter for right now. So that was another huge disappointment for me yeah. that that didn't happen. <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember when we first heard about that one and, and De Niro, we were excited about it. Okay, that has possibility. I was yeah. excited and nervous at yeah. the same yeah. time. Yeah. You know, I kept seeing, I, you know, you, you think about classic De Niro performances and I I I knew that he had it in him to to do something because he's a great actor oh, when yes, he wants yeah. to be. Right. Yeah. You know, not lately he's just been, <laughs> you know, walking through it. But you know, I remember our, me and my friends were saying that you know, is it going to be a Frankenstein monster? It's like you know, you talking to me, you know, <laughs> talking to me, one of those type of characters. But no, you know, I don't think I hated it as much as you guys did. Yeah, I think um, one, I found it very disappointing. I think I had high expectations because Kenneth Branagh at the time to me wasn't Branagh. You know, mm. I mean, he was like a good actor and a good filmmaker. Boy, and now I realize remember how, how, how he, Branagh he and has how become. how he photographed himself yes. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. he's got Ooh. all the um, like the peck uh, makeup on to yes. make it look like he's like in yeah, and the shirt like, the flowing. Robes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Very Branagh. Yeah. Very Branagh. Yeah. So um, do you think, I, I don't, have haven't heard of anything, but the way Hollywood repeats itself, do you think we'll see more adaptations of, of one of these in the future? I mean, we, we talked about this rebooted right. once that... Something tells me that, so Universal, uh, I mean, they probably contracted to do this, and if this falls through, there's going to be some time period before they can contract to do it again. So this is my guess. I mean, people will make it because Universal doesn't own Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Right. But, you know, like uh, just what, three or four years ago, I Frankenstein oh. came out. And then just maybe two years ago, Victor Frankenstein yes. came out, right? Yeah. With right. Harry Potter and right. 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 Yeah. Daniel, Daniel Radcliffe, Radcliffe and, and, and yeah. James yeah. McAvoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 As you know, right. I really wanted to go. I did go see it. I saw it you in did, the theater yeah. on the day that it opens because James McAvoy reminds me of our son. He looks just like our son. And uh, Harry Potter also reminds me i was just like it's like my son and his favorite plaything. let's go watch them tank a film because that oh, was bad did not see it it was better than i frankenstein i'm sure yeah i frankenstein that's just i did not see that one either yeah well you uh, didn't miss anything no. but you know what going back to javier bardem you know if, if they just start over different tone writing get the writing correct i mean he's the kind of actor that you can anchor that yeah. that type of movie around. I would. I'd be down I, I, yeah, for it. Yeah, if they yeah. can't re, if they can't reboot it to make this to, to interconnect yeah. them all, those right? Yeah. What they try, what they seem like they were trying to do with the mummy. I I have no problem with with having another good version. Oh of, sure, of, of Frankenstein, absolutely, or the Invisible Man with, right. with, yeah. with Johnny Depp. Yeah. For that yeah, we haven't done yeah. that well since what Kevin Bacon's Hollow Man, and that oh. would have been like the '90s, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long yeah. time since well, anybody's done the Invisible as, Man. As, as we've all said, all comes back to the story. It all does. comes back to the writing. If you have it, Here's you have the thing, something. If you do it, if they were to do it again, one of the things that I think James Whale did better than most of the other people who've made it is that he made the the monster 
the interesting character. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think like when Hammer did it, right, with uh, Christopher Lee, and when most other people do it, they find the doctor, they find Frankenstein, the mad scientist, the more interesting character. And so that's where they invest the most time. I don't think he is because who the doctor with a God complex, who doesn't know one of those? Who cares? You know, we don't know animated corpses. We don't know them. Like that's a way more interesting. Let me get to know this guy. Get to know me. Exactly right. Well, just one of the many things that makes Bride of Frankenstein just such a great movie. Uh, one of the few, as we've said many times here, one of the few that equals or betters uh, the original. Dino Tripodis, our special guest. Let's talk about your podcast that you've uh, you've had us on. It's Whiskey Business. When we're on, we talk about, of course, movies, but you cover all sorts of things. Whiskey Business, uh, as our little tagline says, is a podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And yeah, the topics, the only running theme is that... Uh, each week we have a different bottle of whiskey that I share with my guests, some who imbibe and some like the wolves who, who, who do not necessarily, which is fine. It's not a, it's not a prerequisite to, to drink whiskey. Uh, one of my favorite guests was uh, an astrophysicist from OSU. Oh, nice. Who did not drink. And that's one of my favorite podcasts that mm, we ever had. Nice. Uh, we also had uh, one recently in the last couple of months called Matt, an alcoholic. And, oh. uh, the guest bottle was no bottle because mm. he was very open and forthcoming and honest about his addiction mm-hmm. and where he was. He's currently in recovery as we speak, but you know, he, he, he shared his trials and tribulations with uh, the disease of alcoholism. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So our topics run from literally from A to Z. I haven't had a zoologist yet, <laughs> but, uh, or, but, uh, but uh, I'm, I'm getting there. So yeah, the, the guests range from, like I said, A to Z, and we've been having a great time. Uh, we just started a YouTube channel as well, so now you can watch you can watch the raw, unedited podcast mm. on YouTube, and the one that we have on iTunes and SoundCloud, et cetera, et cetera, are just slightly edited for time, right? You know, mm-hmm. Just uh, some of the things. But we've been having a, a blast with it. Whiskeybusinessshow.com, all one word, is uh, where you need to go. Where you can probably get everything, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts: sure. iTunes, SoundCloud. Sure. Uh, all, all of those other Stitcher, all of those. Stitcher. Yeah. We're also on Instagram. We have a Facebook page. Um, my producer, Greg Hansberry, is uh, is the one that uh, reminds me to tell people about that because I'm horrible with I'm horrible <laughs> with social media. I really am. I suck. And you, I, I suck with social media. I'm the worst. You do uh, what we do uh, on occasion is take it on the road. You record remotely uh, out on different locations, correct? Yes, yes we've done that, and we're going to try to do that some more. Uh, some of the fun things we're planning on doing is a Whiskey Business podcast comedy show. Ooh. Wow. As well at the Funny Bone. Nice. Um, I might as well bring that some of that, give some of my friends where we'll yeah. open it up. Comic will do 15, sit with me for 15. Next comic does 15, sits with me for 15. And we end up doing a 90-minute show at the Funny Bum. Nice. Right. Good but stuff, my friends. YouTube, nice. John Whitney. Oh, you, did you know John? Oh, no, yes, John, yeah. Uh, very talented you. filmmaker. Very talented. Well, we work together on, on our, our uh, films together. Yeah. Yes. So he is producing our YouTube channel. Nice. So. You, know, you got stuff cooking. You, you do. Know, you know what I have? I have good people surrounding me <laughs> so that That's all I have key. to worry about is talking. You know, <laughs> without those two gentlemen, Greg Hansberry and John Whitney, you know, uh, Whiskey Business would just be, you know, me sitting at home 
<laughs> drinking, drinking with you. <laughs> drinking and, 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 uh, and writing my memoirs. Uh, but no, thank you so much for letting me do this. Oh, it was no. a blast. Oh, yeah. I love, and, I, and I look forward to having you both on come Oscar time. Great. I think the husband and wife thing is the way to go this time. <laughs> yes. yes. I'm, because, I agree. Because I'm sure uh, you guys don't always agree. Uh, we almost always do we, yeah although we don't we don't always agree as to who should win or who will win so when it comes right. to the oscar i think ballot sometimes the yeah, two that, vary more than just week by week what movies are good and yeah what are not. most of the time we agree on whether a movie is, is good, good or, or not, not yeah. but uh, yeah some of the picks come oscar time yeah, yeah we, mm-hmm. uh, we yeah. have a little little uh, disagreement so that'll and, be fun no we look forward to that and also i will probably inquire to both of you acquire of both of you is not only the movie we talk about the movies that'll be nominated come Oscar time, but I'm also going to find out one thing we, we really didn't get into on either of them is, is the ones that you say that got should, snubbed. They got snubbed. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're going to dig into the snubs good. a little bit more. Sounds like because, a good plan. Uh, I like you, it. Nice. You guys see so many. You guys see, I think you see every movie that's out um, there. We see a lot. We see a lot. We see a lot. Yeah. A what lot. was, because the last year we kept a tally. 352 we yeah. saw movies. in 2017. Yeah. We watched 352 you guys talk to each other? <laughs> we we, we <laughs> yelled down the hall, what do you want to think? Yeah, because a lot of times we're in just two different rooms watching two different yeah, movies. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Well, man, I look forward right. to that. I'm and sorry to make this no, go longer than this it was. I just want everybody to know that, that, uh, that these two wonderful people are going to be on Whiskey Business yes. come Oscar time. Yay. So that's, and that's look up Whiskey Business, all the episodes. It's very entertaining. Yeah, yeah it is. It's a great uh, show. And look, we look forward to that Funny Bone thing. That'll be great. Yeah, I think we're shooting for to do that sometime next Next year, All I've, right. I've spoken with uh, Dave Stroop mm-hmm. over at the Funny Bone, and uh, they're they're all in. So good stuff. Yeah. All right, look forward to that. Thank you so much. It's no, been a blast. thank you guys. I I like I said, thrilled, thrilled, honored, flattered. And uh, <laughs> anytime I get to geek out about a favorite movie, that's a, that's a good night for me. Yeah. So thank you. Well, we loved your help on our installment of this series of podcasts. The next installment will be on the Terrible Terror podcast, and here's a sneak peek. Hey, do you love horror movies? What's up, ninjas? Horrible horror movies? Otherwise known as the... uh, Then you should listen to the Terrible Terror Podcast. I'm just trying to spread a little yuletide fear. I'm very happy to join the sequel to the Universal Monster Horror Films. This episode, I'll be covering Return of the Creature from the Black Lagoon. You can check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Or I'm going to send Nick Cage after you. You're scraping at the door. Scraping at the door. So we look forward to that, and we hope to see you at the next Fright Club Live, November 14th, Gateway Film Center for Black Sheep and Mutant Animals. Until then, keep in touch if you can. You can always find us on Twitter, at Fright Club Pod, on Facebook and Instagram. We're Mad Wolf Columbus, and the main website is madwolf.com. So until next time, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Dino, stay frightful, my friends. Nice.